Hello, this is uh, Billy Kelly. I'm the chair of the National Academic Integrity Network. And for June's National Academic Integrity Network podcast, we're talking with Megan O'Connor. Megan is the 2021 Vice President for Academic Affairs in the Union of Students in Ireland. And Megan has been a part of the steering committee for the National Academic Integrity Network for this last year. Megan, you're very welcome right to this, the June podcast. Um, Megan, I want to kick off right okay, by, by a more general question. What do you think is the relevance of academic integrity to students in higher education? It's a loaded question. Um, it's, it's, it's a big one. I think some students don't even know what the word means, um, but it's imperative to ensure the, the quality of our education across the sector. Um, and I think the work of the Academic Integrity Network does reach far beyond just that. Um, of course, we need to be really, really concerned to ensure that everyone is capable and competent and that they've earned their degrees. Um, but if you look at the campaign in my own work, it's not just talking about the threat of essay mills or saying no to cheating. It's, it's really kind of encouraging and empowering students to be proud of their work and taking ownership for their own education. Um, so I think it's it's a really, really broad area. Um, and to begin with, of course, we have to counteract um, the issues that we're facing globally in relation to essay mills um, and contract cheating um, and ensuring that students you know, don't feel the pressures to the point where they feel like they've no other choice um, than to engage in these services. So to start those conversations, um, but also I think the flip side of that is the the empowerment and the conversation around really owning um, your your own work and carrying that skill um, with you throughout your career. And Megan, you've been part of the network right, for the last year. The key things that you've learned right in the last year as part of the Academic Integrity Network and and if yes, what are those key things? Yeah, again, that's a huge one, but I think the, the collaboration has been a huge part of it. Um, I think Nain and, and QQI and all of the work that we've done um, does student-staff partnership really well. I was very privileged to, to be a student officer um, that was a member of the, the network and I used to attend all of the plenaries even last year and always felt really welcome to, to ask questions and engage in the conversations and the breakout rooms. Um, and it's not often where you enter a room as a student representative that is you know, usually dominated by experienced staff where you feel really comfortable and welcome. And I think that that goes for every space that I've experienced when discussing academic integrity, um, both nationally, internationally, um, over the last two years. So I think from that, I've been able to gain a better insight into what it's really like for staff on the other side as well. Um, I do think that the problem was worse than what we may have thought um, and in ways that perhaps we didn't know. But I've also learned that the work that we're doing is a lot more impactful um, and important than I had initially thought. Um, like the, the international collaboration in this space, I think is something that's surely one of its greatest strengths. It was such a privilege personally. Um, I, I had the privilege to give presentations to international audiences um, at the beginning of my role in this area, purely because people wanted to share 
and to learn from my experiences, even though that might have been considered less than another, it was still very valued and, and you know, went on to contribute to something bigger. Um, and also with the, the Kane Murdoch masterclasses that QQI facilitated, um, it was so insightful and, and really, really interesting to understand another system's processes and how they have dedicated centres within their institutions to deal with issues in relation to academic misconduct. So I think that that is really, really powerful. Um, and the fact that so many people volunteer their own time to contribute to the likes of building frameworks and guidelines and the lexicon. Um, this is a priority and there's really, really incredible people working on it. Um, so I think that it has a bright future, if that's the right way of putting it. Um, it's something that we urgently need to do, but people are working on it urgently. Um, and I, th I think we have really, we have a stable footing for the future. And in terms of the things that you have done as part of NANE over this last year, Megan, what kind of impact do you think that work has had so far? Yeah, it's it's difficult to really know on a ground level what the very average student or the very average staff member um, understands about the work that we do. Um, I really like to think that through my engagement with the committees and steering and the plenaries that I've always been very frank and honest about my own experiences. Um, I think it's very easy to think that everything we do makes perfect sense when we're in our own little bubble, but I think the the challenge for anyone um, is ensuring that that messaging and the work is disseminated in really effective ways and that's something that um, we've been working on in working group three, our communications working group that I've been co-chairing with um, Ian McLaren from Inuit Galway. Um, and working on the, the rollout of National Academic Integrity Week um, and we were able to kind of play around with how we communicate these um, issues and, and one of the things that we did this year was we created this crossword puzzle um, it was a really fantastic idea one of the, by one of the members of um, the communications working group um, where to know it was basically the lexicon we took the lexicon that the uh, network had created um, and used the explanation as the hint for the the crossword um and, and we put them out and i think they were they were really successful um so i, I think that, that was great and then also in the second semester um when we came up to assessment um times we also worked on another poster that we sent out um just about essay notes and just warning students of the dangers of them and not to engage with them um and i think that's a really really good first step i think that we have alerted institutions and students and institutions that some of the posters and the advertising for organizations or companies aren't always what they see. I think that we definitely have ensured that people think a second time when they look at something, um, which is a real privilege to be able to say. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really proud of the, of the work I've been able to do as part of Maine and I've always been really supported in it. Um, being able to provide student feedback for the strategy after 2022-2024 is amazing and also um, really important for a lot of our members was that the framework for academic misconduct because of course the student union representatives are often on um, say the, the committees or the disciplinary committees for students that are facing sanctions for plagiarism, academic misconduct etc. 
and you know it, it can be a funny space whereby you can maybe know that a student have in, has engaged in this um or you may know that they really definitely have not and i think the the guidelines can be so strict in a lot of times that there isn't always room for understanding or nuances um and and to see that work and be able to feed the student voice into it in such a in such a strong way um was a real privilege so yeah i think it, it goes a long way it's hard to reduce it down to just kind of one answer but um yeah i i think you see the student impact in the work that Nain has done um and i think it will continue for a long time and related to that, Megan, what, what further work is needed for students at, at this point, do you think? Yeah, I, keeping those doors open. I think in, initially Nina is still quite young and I think it's it's easier sometimes for for younger projects and initiatives um, to be super inclusive. And it, it's not always easy to maintain it, particularly when um, you'll see that student representatives often drop off in, in pinch points during the year um, where their workload gets really heavy um, and it's just to, to maintain that and, and to keep in that open door policy. I also think we definitely need, need to do a lot in building student capacity um, and, and building capacity for student representatives to be able to engage in this space. Um, it's not something that people are always going to have a prior knowledge of um, so you know we're working on trainings and um, different initiatives to ensure that students can do that um, and also expanding the National Academic Integrity Week to, to expand the conversation at a local level. Um, I think ultimately what, what we need to achieve is a culture change. I think um, you know sometimes it can be a one and done kind of thing right so if, if you just tell a student one thing on the, in their orientation week in first year in September, um, chances are that student isn't going to, you know, really tap into that when they're under pressure in their third year final exams. Um, so I think looking and examining at the work that people in the sector have done in relation to student success um, and things like that, there's there's been other projects that I think we can learn from and borrow from um, in terms of outlining strategies um, and, you know, that that understanding that orientation isn't just enough, it needs to be continuous, it needs to be a conversation that staff and lecturers are able to have in the classroom um, and, and really understanding and again like empowering students to reach out for help when they really need it um, and empowering students to be, like I said before, really proud of their own work. Megan, USI is a national organisation and looking at it from that perspective, what would you like to see emerge nationally in relation to academic integrity? I think common understanding, first of all, um, and to see this topic prioritised. I think if, if I had a if I had a wish, it would be to really really see this prioritised. Um, I think there's going to be really good work on integrating academic integrity as a topic into many different initiatives across the sector. Um, I think there's been a lot of really good work done on that this year, but we need to continue to, to push it and ensure that it 
that's continued as a priority. Um, do you know, that says like that goes for the likes of student survey um, and, and looking at what students understanding of academic integrity is. It would be an incredibly useful exercise to to see that um, integrated into the questions. Um, also with the National Forum, um, you know, they have funding projects available for um, institutions around the country annually and to see the opportunity for um, staff to apply for projects based on academic integrity um, would be really, really wonderful. So I think that they are, you know, some of the immediate things. Um, I think that the, the network is already a really, really useful um, and engaging resource that's available. Um, but I think that there's there's no doubt in my mind that there are sometimes staff members who are faced with a paper in front of them and they know that there's something wrong with it. Um, and I think that there are so many staff that are overwhelmed and overworked um, that we cannot expect to always engage in additional processes of reporting this, that and the other thing um, when they're barely making ends meet as it is. And I think, you know, funding of the sector is is always going to be something that we really urgently need to look at. If you look at student staff ratios um, and, and how institutions are resourced, it's it's simply nowhere near where it needs to be. So I think, you know, while we talk about all of this, the, the resourcing issue is always going to be um, a huge thing and to ensure they're teaching learning centres or academic centres or whatever it is for each institution um, is supported to be able to do all of the work that we're recommending and that we're saying is, is good or best practice. Um, and I think that that's going to be a challenge for a few years. Um, but you know, we're really, really going to welcome the additional funding um, that is coming into the sec into the sector over the next few years. But I think that I really hope that academic integrity and teaching and learning remains at, at the top of those priorities. Thanks. One last question, Megan. If if you had the power to change just one thing across the sector, with one thing that you could do that you believed would have an impact on academic academic integrity, what would that one thing be? To stop the blame game. Um, I think there are some times where people can look at something and say, this is the way it is and it's your fault and this is why. Um, but from my experience, that's actually very, very rarely the case. Um, I think if we could build capacity and patience and understanding for everyone, I think it would go a really long way. Um, I think, you know, if we could ensure that students were empowered to reach out for help um, and be able to get that help all of the time, it would solve a lot of our problems. I think if students were honest when they do engage in misconduct, um, it would make people's lives a lot easier. Um, and just, yeah, I think if we were just all a bit more open um, I think it would save us a, a lot of time and a lot of heartache, um, particularly when it comes to academic integrity and, and the various issues we face with that. So, yeah, c collaboration and uh, no, no blame game. And, and um, what would what would higher education institutions have to do to make that or contribute to that happening? I think it's again a, a culture change. I think in order for us to reach that point, we need to be having these conversations more frequently um, and we need to invite everyday staff to be part of those conversations. It's not enough for just 
management or one student representative to be privileged enough to be able to participate in these conversations. It's something that we have to embed at, at a national and local or departmental level. Um, I think we need to ensure that there are resources there that are available at a time where it suits people. Um, I think a lot of, you know, the, the e-learning programs and stuff that have been created by a lot of institutions are really fantastic. Um, they've kind of taken off when, when the, I won't say the word, but over the last two years. Um, and I think that they go a long way in helping, but just, I think it comes down to that culture change. And that culture change can't happen without leadership, um, without resourcing and yeah, a lot, a lot of effort, I think. On that note, uh, Megan, uh, we're going to bring this podcast to a close. Thank you very much, Ray for uh, for talking to us today and uh, wish you and USI uh, all the best, right? Okay, for the next year. Thank you so much. And then the same goes, the very, very best wishes to everyone involved in the network. It's been a real privilege. And so thank you so much for, for all of the opportunities that have been provided to me and USI and our colleagues um, around the country.